So guys, um, I'm so excited to be with you this morning. I'm going to talk with you a little about the benefits of enduring. So you think, well, the benefits, wow, these are actually about the promises of God. So we'll get into that in a few minutes. First of all, we're going to together today, we're going to read from the prayer that Pastor Bill gave to us that we're doing every day during the month of November. And so let's look at that together right now. And let's stand up and read it together. Good morning, Lord. Because of your great mercy, I offer myself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. This is my worship to you today. Help me to not be conformed to this word, but to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want to discern and do your will today, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Amen. Thank you. So um, Pastor Doug and Lisa Baker have been up in Montana with family and grandkids, and he knew he was going to be away, so he's like, oh, let's see, who would I ask to do a message? Mm. All right, I got to go reach down into fourth, fifth string down there somewhere. So he asked me if I would speak this week. And I'm so excited because I get to kind of do the whipped cream of this series. Because he's talked about all the hard things, about what we need to do to endure. And it's true in this life. Come on, guys. Some of you know, you know, I'm at that age where I know this life does not get easier. And the truth is, enduring is a part of following in faith of the Lord Jesus. But I get to talk about the benefits of it. (laughs) So the promises of God. And so I'm going to look at that with you in a minute. But first of all, I wanted to start by telling you why I think this message is important to us. Three reasons. One, first of all, it's a command of God. And we see that in Psalm 103. So you want to pull that up? By the way, I think I set the record this week for the most slides. (laughs) So take that, Doug. Um, (laughs) So, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. If you haven't read Psalm 103 lately, it's absolutely amazing, and it's full of those benefits, but it's a command of God, first of all. Second of all, um, in this world, it is full of attractions and distractions from what really matters. You guys know that, right? I mean, we see that. I don't know, I don't watch the news anymore, I'm too discouraged by it, but I read it and I try to keep up with it and so forth. Wow, man, there's just stuff all over the place. And uh, on top of that, you got all kinds of stuff on TV and everything. So we need to hear, and third and most important, is we need to focus on the character of God and what he's promised to us. Because it's just so easy. I don't know about you guys, but on any given week, I love, by the way, we're starting it in November. Man, I don't know, if I don't think I'm going to stop in November. There's other passages I know, but what a great prayer. What a great way to start the day. We need this. So let's stop and pray now and ask the Lord to speak to us today. Lord God in heaven, you know, you know that this is a hard world. You knew that. You knew that our sin brought this in, and you knew it was going to be tough for us. But you have, Lord God, given us so much to think about, to live for. And so I pray today, Lord God, for each one of us. I know how I am. There's maybe one thing, two things, or whatever that I'm going to take home. But I pray, I pray for us today that we'll hear from the Holy Spirit as he speaks to us. In Christ's name, amen. 
So you know that this is an endurance series, so I got to tell an endurance story, right? So Stephen Akwari was uh, selected by his East African company, Tanzania. I always want to call it Tanzania because it sounds like that to me. But in October of 68, he was in Mexico City, 5,000 miles away, representing his, con his com uh, country in the Summer Olympics, um, and he was a marathon runner. I mean, come on, enduring? Eh, eh, right there, got to be there. So after years of conditioning and preparing and everything, so he gets out there and he's going to run this crazy 26-plus mile race, right? And he gets out there and he's going and he's going and he's doing well, and then he falls. And he falls bad. Not like a oops. It's like a he's all bloodied. He dislocated his knee. And so, can you imagine how disappointed he was? So the medics run out there. They start like, oh my gosh, you're bleeding. They bandage up the knee. And then they tell him, we got to take you to the hospital. Oh my gosh, years of training and everything. And he says, nope, not going. He limped, walked, hobbled all the whole rest of the way. By the time he finished the race, the stadium was already, it was dark by this time. And there's only a few thousand people left in the stadium. And they see him get to the track and cheer. Wow, man, this guy, can you believe this guy? And so he finishes the race, and then the reporters rush out onto the field. And they ask him, what? Why did you keep going? I mean, you got a dislocated knee. We all knew about it ahead of time. He said, look, my country didn't send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. And that's what our Lord has called us to do. In America, I was just talking with a friend. Um, actually, it was Brad up here. <laughs> I was talking with him this morning. And I said, Brad, so when do you get to retire? He goes, well, you know, so many years and this and this and everything. He's in education, and I don't know if you know what he does. Anyway, so he's talking about retiring. I said, what are you going to do? He already has a plan of how he's going to serve God when he retires. That's us, right? We're marathon runners. We're not here for the short term. Now, if you Google this topic... It's going to be all about muscular development. You look in the Bible, it's about the promises of God. It's about the hereafter. It's not about the now. It's about what's coming next. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, can I just tell you, I want you to think that this is about the character of God. This is not just about, here, here's how I think. Oh, I get this, or I might get this, or I might get this. This is really about the character of God of seeing God, of who he is, and what he has planned for us. All right? So um, let's go. Let's be encouraged today because that this is about. Number one, God promises eternal treasures instead of temporary trinkets. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have ever done this with kids or grandkids or anything, but there's a place called the dollar store. Yeah. Ah. Or, or even cheaper, 99 cents. And so we take grandkids to the dollar store, and we get amazing stuff. I mean, it is amazing. What could be better than this little pink thing? I don't even know what it is. It has a strawberry on the front of it. Or check this out. And I know Ben back here, he was trying to steal it from me. This guitar. <laughs> Baby. Yeah. That's awesome, huh? Or what, what is that called? I don't know what that is, you know. It's something... <laughs> But it's precious, I will tell you. So it's so important. But my kids, 
will spend an hour trying to spin their buck. I mean, they'll just look over every little thing, and then they'll pick out something, and a day or two later, it's done, it's gone. <laughs> Where, uh, what'd you do? It? Uh, oh, I don't know, I put it somewhere. Um, that's, that's just how it is. I want to tell you, we are not a whole lot different than that. Check this, check this picture out right here. You guys have heard of a show called Storage Wars, right? So Storage Wars ran for 15 seasons. Sometimes they had 5 million people watching it. And um, it, it was, it's 15 seasons? And so here's the premise. What it is, is that if a person can't or doesn't pay their bill for three months, all their stuff gets auctioned off. Professionals come in and bid on it and so on and so forth, and they're hoping for buried treasure, right? Ooh, what are we going to get in this story? Yeah, yeah, see? They look cool too, don't they? And so um, that's pretty much what happens to a lot of people's stuff. Guess what? That happens to all of our stuff at the end of our life. It all goes back in the box or it goes to somebody else. And that's who we are. We look at those kinds of things. Now, listen to what the executive producer said about this. People have thought, well, what about the people who owned all that stuff? What about their story? Here's what he said. The executive producer narrator says that the series avoids delving into the behind-the-scenes stories of the locker's original owners because all you see is misery there, and I didn't want to trade on that. Hmm, wow. Now, listen to what a writer from the Los Angeles Times said about Storage Wars. A strangely uplifting show. <laughs> Hope being one of the many things that you can apparently find in an abandoned storage unit. So somewhere in one of those units is hope. Wow, I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, that, that just blew me away. That's, yeah, anyway, I just was shocked at that. Let's see what Jesus says about treasure. Turn to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. And yes, I have slides, but I'm a look-in-my-own-Bible kind of guy. So if you like to do that, I write in my Bible. I'm like, ooh, it's just what I do for many, many years. Listen to Jesus' words. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor, nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. I, I don't know about your life, but in my life, there have been a lot of things that I've pursued that I thought, oh, I gotta have it. You guys have gotta have it, right? I mean, I just was talking with somebody the other day about some shoes that became a gotta have it. Like, oh, wow, those are amazing. They're gonna change my life. My brother-in-law always tells me, this will fulfill my life if I have that. And um, that's kind of how we are, right? But a couple, notice a couple things about those verses you didn't notice before. There's storage in heaven. So you want to store something? There's storage in heaven. God says that we can lay up treasures in heaven, and those treasures cannot be destroyed. They're never going to fade or go away. So that's the promise. One of the promises from God is that that's possible. Jesus compared the treasures of this earth to the dollar store trinkets comparatively, right? Here today, gone tomorrow, and they're done. Now let's take a look at what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6. Paul wrote, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. That means it's irrefutable. Um, a man reaps what he sows. 
whatever, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the, the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now notice the second part of this. Let us not become weary. That's what we're talking about in this series. Now, don't get weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, if we endure. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers, the household of faith. So this sort of, when I read that passage, it sort of reminds me that God has something ahead of us. He's got something that's good, but it's very easy to live to please myself rather than to please the Spirit. So here's a couple of things to note about this. One, um, what God says is irrefutable. It's just, it's going to absolutely be true. Now, in the book of Proverbs, the fool is the person that thinks they can do whatever they want to do, whatever comes to mind, whatever happens, and they don't face the consequences of it. That they, they, they're fine. They're going to be fine. And you guys know we've all been around that. And this, the, the book of Proverbs tells us over and over, don't rebuke a fool because you'll incur the, the fool's wrath and stuff, because they don't even think about the consequences. You and I, Jesus, Paul, everyone in the scriptures is saying, think about this. What's ahead in your life? What is going to really matter? So they said, don't become weary in doing good. A couple of things. Sowing is based on who we're trying to please. Now, I don't know, you guys, uh, we're all like this. Um, I had times in my life when my, who I was trying to please was, as a kid, all kids are trying to please who? Who are they trying to please? Themselves, right? That's who they are. Then you get a little bit older, as a, maybe a middle schooler, high schooler, who are you trying to please? Your friends, right? Then you get into, maybe you go to university, or maybe you begin to become an apprentice in some job, who are you trying to please then? Your boss, right? So now what if <clears throat> as a little kid from the time you're little until the time all those years and then maybe for 15 years after that you're still trying to please one person? Who's that sometimes for men like myself? My dad, right? So for so, so many years I uh, worked under my dad. My dad was a I'll tell you if you do something wrong kind of guy, but don't expect me to say anything if you do what's right. That's just who he was. That was his generation. It was just all about getting it done, all about being successful. And so I learned to try to please my dad, even though I didn't realize I was trying to do that. That's what was going on in my life. So we're all trying to please ourselves, but this passage tells us we can actually live to please the Spirit of God and how we please the Spirit of God is by listening to the Spirit and obeying the Spirit through our day. So it's a promise in there that there's something in it. Now listen to the author of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 36. You need to endure so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Enduring has promises. So God promises eternal treasures instead of temporary trinkets. Um, don't tell Dollar Store. I talked about them like that, by the way. My, my, you know, somebody of you might work there. I don't know. Secondly, God calls us to obey Him now for the rewards that come later. Now, you and I, we kind of already know that. I'm like, man, Steve, you're stating the absolute obvious. 
That's right, because it's all through the scriptures um, many, many times. So um, last week in our home group, one of the guys on our home group said, wait a minute, aren't there two kinds of enduring? And I said, tell me what you're thinking. He said, well, there's the kind of enduring you have to do, and then there's the kind of enduring, enduring that you choose to do. I said, oh, yeah, that's true. So I was thinking about that. So um, three, four months ago, I had a surgery done, and the surgery didn't go well, and um, it was difficult for quite a while. Uh, painful, took a lot of time out of my life. It, made, it changed a whole lot of things for quite a while. And that was the kind of enduring that you have to. You're just like, I don't have a choice. This has happened, and well, I could take a lot of drugs, I guess, or something, but um, it changed my life. But then there's the choose to kind of enduring. That's what God's talking about. Because in our world, our flesh, the world, the devil is always trying to get us to choose the wrong things. It's trying to get us to choose things that are easy, pleasing, etc. And Paul and God is telling us, choose what I'm telling you. Choose, my, choose according to my promises, right? Okay, so here's a couple of things. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I know uh, Pastor Doug used this, pa- this passage last week. I'm going to use it again for just a moment here. Um, he tells Timothy, and I'm with a group of guys. This is where we happen to be studying right now. He says, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one suffering, no, excuse me, no one serving as a soldier gets ent- entangled in civilian affairs, but rather he tries to please his commanding officer. So the good soldier has his ears and eyes focused on the commanding officer. I know that we, and this was my fault, uh, you know, we had Veterans Day recently, and I forgot to say something about it up front, but I know that a number of you have been in the military, and you probably remember, I was in Air Force, and you remember being in this state, is what I meant to say, basic training, boot camp, or whatever you called it, and I was in the Air Force, honestly, Air Force is probably the easiest of all of them. It just probably is, because <laughs> I've talked to my other friends who are in the other services, and theirs was a lot harder. Uh, but still, you get yelled at a lot. From the moment, the first moment, the thing that the sergeant tells you over and over, mine was Sergeant Bear, that was his real name, he was a heavyweight boxer, big, tough guy, and from the moment one, they want you to listen to his voice and obey. That was job one. And if you did that, things were pretty good. Not too bad. You know, you did exercising, you learned how to shoot. <laughs> yeah, my, my shooting was kind of like this all the time. Uh, uh, uh. And um, you learned how to do different things, but you listened for his voice. And by week six, we all knew he meant what he said. Um, he was actually pretty fair, as long as we listened and obeyed. I will tell you that many of us in America, don't think of ourselves like a soldier to the Lord Jesus. We don't think of ourselves, the word over and over we call ourselves in, in the scriptures, it calls us servants, but it's actually slaves. We don't like to think of ourselves that way. We don't like, whoa, what, huh? Well, let me ask you a question. Has God ever asked you to do something that wasn't out of love, that wasn't going to benefit the kingdom of God? Never. So that's the first job for all of us is to obey him now for the rewards that come later. So, and then later on, 
uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, this says this, we learn another aspect of God's promise. All of these died in faith without receiving the promises. What? But having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. So when we think about the promises of God, we got to remember one, they, most of them are for later. I mean, yes, He's with us now, and there's all these promises that the Holy Spirit's going to empower and love us. There's all of these things about how we live right now. But the big things, the eternal things, are later. So I want you to think. Many of you have just been going through a a Bible study, and you've been looking at Esther, or maybe somebody else in in your Bible study. And her real reward isn't on this earth. Yes, she saw her, her family, her Jewish family saved. But the true rewards, the eternal ones, go on for billions of years. Billions. So we need to remember that looking forward to God's rewards means delayed gratification. Now notice this slide with me. This cracked me up the first time I saw this. I was driving around town and saw this on the back of a truck. It was delivering rolled in turf and I, I thought it misread it at first. Oh, they spelled it wrong. No, they did not spell it wrong. And so um, a friend of mine who raised turf for a living, he said, this is, we're so spoiled, we can roll in our lawn and delayed grassification. I think most Americans are more, mostly like the next slide that comes from Willy Wonka. You'll recognize her. <laughs> I think some of you have seen her before. And man, she plays her part well. I'm so mad at her by the time I'm done, done watching her. But I, then I realized, oh, that's kind of like me. I kind of like it right now as well. But you know that there are things worth waiting for. And some of you have had a family member who is ill or suffering in some way. And you actually set aside everything to be with them at the hospital or to walk through. Or you just sit at their bedside with them. Why? Because you are all, your hope is in that they're going to get well. Your hope is not that you're going to love them and take care of them. Our Lord is asking us to set aside things now for what he's going to do later. Point number three. God's benefits and rewards are abundant. Each of these is chosen, guys. Abundant, amazing, and available to all his family. Now, I'm going to dive down into this. I want you to think about the character of God with me a little bit. So, God has done all this for us, right? So, um, what are some things that God has done for us? Let me hear you say it. Salvation. What else? Opportunity. Okay. Giving us the Holy Spirit. Yep. Peace. Say it again. Constant supply of air. (laughs) Yep. So when you start thinking about it, reconciliation, propitiation, we start thinking about all these theological terms, all these things that God has done for us, and he promises us more? Did God need to promise us anything else other than the fact that he saved us? By the way, what are we saved from? We're saved from the wrath of God. Because that's what we deserved, right? That's what salvation means. So let's look at this. By the way, do you know how many promises there are in the Bible? Over 7,000. 
Now, I'm going to go through only 6,000 of them with you this morning. So um, job number one, I mean, let's talk about the rewards and the benefits, okay? Let's talk about benefit. The biggest benefit, I believe, is the joy of pleasing God. Can there be anything better than that? I, I just was, uh, I actually spent a long time just imagining this. And I know we've read this before and we think about the words well done and things like that. I was just at a funeral with uh, Chuck Smith's funeral recently. And, you know, he, we sang about that it is well with my soul. We thought about the fact that Chuck is now with the Lord and, and the Lord saying well done to him. Is there anything better than knowing that you're pleasing God? I don't know about you. That just strikes a chord in my heart. So um, listen to what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. As in fact, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. I mentioned already this thing of trying to please my dad and other people. Um, it, it, it is a danger in our culture, and you see it more and more and more now. Because of social media, we're constantly comparing ourselves. We're constantly looking at, oh, look how he is, she is, or whatever. Um, or um, people are actually talking negative. Did you see how bad he looks or how bad she looks? And who are we trying to please? Honestly, when I think about pleasing God, I just look up, and I've, I have so many times to the Lord and said, wow, I just can't believe that that's even possible, God, but that's what I look forward to the most. Peter wrote this, if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Commendable means, commendable means worthy of praise. Really? That God would ever praise us? I mean, it's all Him. It's all what He's done, right? Yeah. Next, so the joy of pleasing God is first. Secondly, enduring in faith has great benefits for others. Um, Pastor um, Doug shared this last week from 2 Timothy that we can actually help other people obtain salvation. How many of you, I hope you got to, if you didn't, I hope you'll get to watch it online, our Thanksgiving Eve service. Wow, nine people got baptized here, guys. Is that awesome? Let's praise God for that. Wow. Man, I, I loved it. Man, their stories were wonderful. It was just so, it was just, I mean, that's for all eternal life right there. They go from darkness to light, from death to life. Uh, it's just amazing. And so when we endure, when we continue to push ourselves forward to serve the Lord, we end up actually changing other people's lives. Third, we will get to reign with Christ in the eternal kingdom. I know Doug stole my thunder last week when he said that because he knew I was working on the benefits. But guys, think about this with me. We get to reign with Jesus. That's absolutely amazing. So I want you to stop for a moment here. Um, I've got a few more things to share, but I want you to stop with, you, with me for a moment here and think about this. Think about heaven with me, all right? Um, just think about what God's planned there. That's the finish line for us, which is actually the starting line for us. So think about it. I, want, I, I wrote it in categories visually. Think about paradise, that we're going to actually be with the Lord Jesus. I mean, I love y'all, and I love being with you, but I'm really looking forward to being with Jesus, right? 
I, uh, that just amazes me to think about that. Think about the way heaven is described as paradise. Um, the word paradise actually means garden, and it's just going to be a beautiful, amazing place, right? Think about audio. Um, what's it going to be like to worship with people from all nations? Awesome, right? Socially, think about unlimited time with family and friends who love Jesus, none of whom will talk too much. <laughs> think about the pleasure of unlimited life together there. So we're going to have supper with Jesus and with God's family, right? I think there's also going to be unlimited chai lattes. That's my guess. Um, think about work. We're going to actually get to serve the Lord there. And he's going to be pleased with our work. He's going to assign us things that he knows are creative and will fulfill what he's doing. Um, so, and then last of all, perfect health. No fatigue, no pain, no limits, no death. Fourth, let me talk about another benefit. Is enduring for Jesus has benefits in this life. Doug's already shared that there's hope, there's harmony, and there's so much more, right? And then lastly, um, not at last, but next, is enduring in faith allows God to shape us. In Hebrews chapter 7, he says it this way, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? Um, I look back, and, and, and we all do this right away. We think of our own family life, right? Was I disciplined by my mom, dad, whatever? In my family, my mom did 100% of the discipline. My dad was gone most of the time, or he was just sort of dis distanced himself from it. My mom did all the discipline. And um, my mom was eh, probably not the kind who kind of stood over you a lot or expected a lot of things. But when she disciplined us, she was usually mad. We, and usually because we made her mad. <laughs> there was four kids and a grandma in the house. Uh, our house was about 1,100 square feet, and there, so there were seven of us in the house. And we had a pretty good, we did a pretty good job of making my mom mad a lot. <laughs> and, um, but I look at it, but God, when he disciplines us, it's all out of 100% out of love and what he wants to do. But he doesn't get to do that if we don't endure in the faith. That happens. So that's a lot of incentives right there. There's five things I mentioned. Those are bigger. I'm not going into the specifics of it so much. But did you know that there's crowns in heaven as well? Let me mention to you four crowns real quickly. One is there's the, there's the crown of righteousness. It's to all who have longed for his appearing. Are you longing for Jesus appearing? Yes. You can't wait for him to come back? I can't at least. Um, there's a crown of righteousness. Then there's the crown of life for those who have persevered under trial. There's the crown, the victor's crown, for those who are faithful, even to the point of death. Um, and I don't know about you, but all of us have a different view of things, but we see the world changing. That could be us. We could end up being dying for the Lord Jesus. And then fourth of all, there's the crown of glory. In 1 Peter chapter 5, it talks about those who shepherd and care for the, the family of God. For many of you in here, that's you. That's who you are. So our God keeps his promises. So you know this. Let me just do an excursus for a moment here. You know this, that endurance is missing in our culture, right? So we are the cancel culture. We don't endure in relationships. We don't endure, period, but we, in relationships. We're the comfort culture. All over the world, people are envious of us 
because we're so comfortable. Uh, we are also the quit culture. We don't like waiting. Well, we're in a different culture. We're in the Jesus culture, guys. And so enduring should be our normal lifestyle. So let me talk for a minute about point four here. How do we do this? I just want a minute, a minute or two on this, and here's why. I think you already know this, but we endure by, number one, keeping our eyes on the prize and the prize giver. That's job one. It's just to, as we walk through our day, I love this, what we're doing in November, as I said. Um, my wife and I have a prayer that we've done for years together when we say, Lord, we're going to walk out our door today, and we just want to be ready to listen for your voice Believe that the Spirit is actually working in us, that you're going to open doors of opportunities to love and serve today. Will you help us to make those steps forward? We've done that for years, and on the days when I'm listening to the Spirit and everything, it's a different life. So let me talk about a few things real quick here. How do we do that? Well, one is by desiring Jesus above all things. I believe that that's job number one. That's really about worship. Secondly, by remembering His promises. That's about trust. Guys, we don't talk about promises of God a lot, but the truth is they're abundant, 7,000 of them, right? Third, by following the example of Jesus. Jesus is our perfect example of obedience to the Father. Fourth, by following the examples of saints who finished well. We all know them, right? Or who are finishing well. I hope in your life you have a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. I, oh, I'm, then they're younger than me, older than me, whatever. I'm around brothers and sisters who follow Jesus with everything they've got. Man, that just totally inspires me. Makes me want to follow Jesus. And the Barnabases, we all need a brother, a sister who comes alongside of us and we're doing it together. And I have the privilege of having those here at Trinity as well. And then we all need a Timothy, someone that we're encouraging with our lives. We all need that. We need the examples of saints, of saints. And then notice this, by seeing time the way God sees time. I'm a time guy. My wife laughs. I can wake up in the middle of the night. I can, any, at any time of the day, like right now, I'm guessing it's about 10.02 right now. I'm just guessing. <laughs> There's a clock back there. And... Um, I'm a time guy, but God wants us to see time difference. He wants us to have an eternal clock instead of a present clock. You know this, raising kids is a lot of endurance. And this next slide shows us what we do because we love our kids. Um, notice this. This is some kid who meant well for his dad. Um, why don't you go ahead and start the next slide? Okay, you see what that is? How do you respond to that one, guys? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, ah, right? So anyway, uh, so endurance, there's a lot of endurance in life. And last of all, we do our well by counting the cost and the return on the investment. <clears throat> Let's say you live to be 100 years old. Right now, my dad's 95. I uh, just talked to him yesterday. I talked to him almost, almost every day. And... Um, Let's say you go to 100. Now, make that 100 a line in somewhere in eternity. And how small is that line? But eternity, guys, I mean, it, the rewards, the benefits are amazing. It's worth every minute of it, right? 
So let me just share a couple of thoughts with you in closing. One, if you have not started the benefits of following Jesus, I want to encourage you. Maybe it's you, maybe it's somebody around you who hasn't turned their life over to the Lord Jesus. He's not looking for you to just sign on some dotted line. He wants you to enter into a relationship with him that lasts forever. And so if that's you today, I urge you, come forward and talk with some of our prayer team when they're up front. And they'll help you start that benefit above all benefits. <clears throat> Second of all, if this is you today, I would, if there's one thing I'd like you to think about with me today, it's about what does this reveal about God himself? God has done everything for us. Colossians 2 tells us that we've been given the fullness. We've been given fullness in Christ. We have everything. God dwells within us. God is going to, we're going to be with him forever, and God's going to do everything every step of our lives. But I want you to think with me today, what does this tell us about God himself? What an amazing God, right? What an amazing God. So after all this, after all God has done, he promises even more. He's gracious on top of being gracious. He's grace upon grace. I'd like you to stand with me and finish this series with me. <clears throat> Let's stand. And I'd like us to end where we started the series with Pastor Doug. We're going to read again from Hebrews 12. Now, I want to just mention one thing to you. What is, why does he do this? Why does he endure? I want you to think about this as we read this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Stay standing with me as I pray. Father in heaven, we know, because you've told us over and over, that the reason Jesus came was for us. That the reason he went to the cross was for us. And that that brought him joy, that joy of looking forward to what would happen gave him endurance. And there's no worse, no harder thing than, than the shame, the guilt, the pain that came on him because of our sin. God in heaven, I pray, would you help us today to just once again marvel at you who you are. That not only have you done all of that for us, but you have promised us amazing rewards as we trust you by faith in this life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.